0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, May 11, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini.
1: And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki.
0: Grace, just before we started recording, we got a press release um, about a t-shirt that I am certainly not able to wear in public. But this is a t-shirt from POTUS or Behind Every Great Dumbass or Seven Women Trying to Keep Him Alive. They have come together to create a t-shirt that has a line that I am not going to repeat um, on uh, this podcast. But if you know the show, um, it definitely ties into that. But what's great about this t-shirt is is that you can pre-order it now for $30 and all proceeds of every single purchase go to support the POTUS Coalition, which is a group of seven nonpartisan, women-led nonprofit organizations working for the advocacy agency and activism of women, Through all levels of leadership and in service of equal rights, representation, and access to voter registration and voting. If you would like to order this shirt or see the phrase that I refuse to say on air, you can go ahead and do that in the show notes. And uh, if I was a little more daring, Grace, I might wear that shirt, but I'm afraid that that might not go over well here in South Florida or in Central Florida.
1: You know what? Say it wherever you want.
0: Yeah, but you know me, like, I don't say things like that normally, so let alone wearing it on my body makes it even a little more out of, it would be out of character.
1: We're very different people.
0: Yes, yes we are. Somebody who wore a uterus shirt uh, to perform at 54 Below last week, so.
1: I love my uterus shirt. I wore the uterus skirt on the uh, red carpet for POTUS, and Leah Delaria uh, asked me if I knew the difference between a beep and a beep and I said no and she explained it to me and it was one of the queerest moments of my life I loved it
0: <laughs> yeah leave it to the Delaria So, um, all right, so we will have that information in the show notes, obviously, but also we of course have information to where you can get our Patreon, uh, information, patreon.com slash Broadway radio. i have an interview with a recent Tony nominee just a few hours after she received her, her very first Tony nomination. So that'll be in the podcast feed. Um, maybe by the time you hear this, so head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon for that. All right, Grace, let's get into the news and we're going to start not in New York city, but in Washington DC because yesterday the Kennedy Center announced its entire 2022-2023 season and that include the Broadway Center stage season which includes three concert presentations of musicals similar to Encores but Not necessarily with the confines of doing little-known shows like Into the Woods. The season will consist of Guys and Dolls from October 11th through the 16th, directed by Mark Bruni. And then um, it'll also have Kiss of the Spider Woman from May 15th through the 21st. But sandwiched in between those two shows is a concert version of Sunset Boulevard starring... Stephanie J. Block, which I think is honestly fantastic casting here, Grace, because we've gotten so used to seeing Glenn Close in that role. And with all due respect to Glenn Close, she is two decades older than the part of Norma Desmond should be. Norma Desmond in the film and – yeah, Norma Desmond was in her 50s in the show. Uh you know, as as written. So, 70 yeah. J block. I'm not sure if she's 50. I think she's maybe 50, but I mean she's a much closer to the age of the character uh as written um both in in the original film and in the stage musical. So, uh I think this is uh this is great. It's I think it. that
1: well, it's also giving Patty LuPone erasure. Let's let's also give credit where credit's due.
0: Well, um. <laughs> but she did it at an age-appropriate time. And Glenn Close, to be fair, did it at an age-appropriate time the first time she did it. But we're so used to having that be, like, the most recent version of it. And she's still talking about doing a movie version. She's, I mean, as written, far too old to do that role. But I'm not begrudging her doing it. But this definitely gets the role back to the way it was originally intended.
1: I always get perturbed because, like, men get to play obscenely older Or they they get to be obscenely older than what they're playing on stage, like, all the time. And then, like, often women get uh, this whole, like, they're too old thing. And then there's no parts for, like, women uh, past 45, you know what I mean? So I feel like this is one of those roles where I'm like, yeah, sure, keep going. But have have it be, uh, you know, a woman on her deathbed (laughs) playing Norma Desmond. Because I think it's – I think the central part of the role is the fact that this woman – Unfortunately, we cast aside women at a certain point in their life. So, if anything, yeah. this role to me can be played by an older woman because that's what happens. Uh, you know, you reach uh, like thirty eight sometimes on Broadway, and it's obscene. But we do this thing where, like, well, now you're a mother, and you can only yeah. be an old mother, and it's just like, unless
0: you're Carrie, geez, Butler.
1: unless you're Carrie Butler. In which case, honey, drop that skin routine. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 just always this funny thing. But um, yeah, this is one of those roles where I'm like. I feel like it 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 kind of lends itself to being played by any woman of any age because we do this to women in our society in the arts. So that's, what, that's my take.
0: I love it. Very good. Um, all right. Um, in other news, yesterday, the girl from the North Country announced that they will be launching a North American tour beginning in the fall of 2023. And what's cool about this is that the show will premiere at the Orpheum Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just about two hours away from Duluth, which is Bob Dylan's hometown and where the show is set. Obviously, we are way too out in the future to have any casting or additional tour stops to be announced. But um, I'm very excited that this show will be bringing its very special brand of melancholy across the country, which is exactly what everybody needs right now.
1: You know what I'm interested with that? They just filmed the show. So I'm curious if they're going to release this in tandem with the tour, which is kind of interesting. Like, I don't think that any, we've had that recently or at all, you know what I mean? Like when, when there's a show that's done in a pro shot and then, which makes it wildly, uh, you know, available to everyone. Right. And then, and then when you do a tour, that's when it's supposed to, you know, expand and, and make it more available, which I'm like, is that an, it's just an interesting marketing choice. So I'm curious to see how that goes, how that, how that pans out.
0: Yeah, I you might have heard more than I have. Like I knew they were like promoting tickets to like go and be in the audience. This was like the two days before it officially returned to Broadway. They had performances that were filmed um, with an audience where you could get like you do for TV tapings, which are free tickets, and you come and you you do it. But I hadn't heard exactly what the plan was for that footage. I assumed it was for some sort of pro shot because normally if they're just doing marketing B roll, they do that during a performance. Um, but I haven't heard. Have you? heard more details as to what that no, filming not, is being used for
1: not for the release but i was invited and it was like a six hour commitment i think is what they, oh they gave me like a timetable so that told me that they were really trying to get as much footage yeah. as they could um that's not the same angles as and all that stuff exactly yeah. so and again i don't even know if they took that time but i knew that that's what made me uh, lose the ability to to be there so had to record the news with you
0: oh i'm sorry i could have done it solo if you wanted to be in there i know how much you love that show
1: I've never seen it, so I am oh. still curious. But, um yeah. I, yeah, I'm excited to one day be there. But, again, I haven't heard anything, so we'll keep you updated.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to transition very briefly into some theater folks on screen news. We learned that Broadway darling Stephanie Hsu, who has really just kind of become a big star on screens large and small here recently. She will be having a recurring guest role on the upcoming Disney Plus series, American Born Chinese. And normally we don't talk about Broadway people who are, you know, having guest spots on a TV show. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is because she is reuniting with the... Actors who played her parents in the film that Grace has talked about quite a number of times, everything, everywhere, all at once. She is joining Michelle Yeoh and Ki-Hyu Kwan in this series, which kind of uh, tackles like Chinese mythology and all of this stuff. It's based on a graphic novel of the same name. Um, So it's very exciting, um, very fun for her to kind of see her continue to be this, um, you know, kind of a big, you know, turning into like a burgeoning star, which is Really awesome. When
1: when she was on screen in Shang-Chi, I went... Oh, you're about mm-hmm. to pop off. Like, yeah. there's no question. And um, it, seeing her kind of, like, really become a, a major part of Marvelous Miss Maisel and, like, all these other huge fandoms, it only makes sense that they're um, being smart and utilizing the, the traction of the fact that they were so – they all worked so well together. Um, I'm now really <laughs> excited about this series. Um, I think she's just incredibly charismatic. And there was someone who tweeted something I saw today, and they said, um, Stephanie Shu gives off, like, theater kid in energy we need to get her on stage and i was like baby where were you where during were you? spongebob like
0: yeah. and, and <laughs> you know? be more chill
1: be more chill um so yeah we we've known babies we've known um but yeah so i'm, I'm really excited that you mentioned that
0: yeah i'm glad that you mentioned shang chi because i was actually going to say this is the third time that she has starred or appeared in a film opposite michelle Yeoh. they weren't actually in any scenes together in shang chi but they both uh were very much featured in that in, in that marvel movie too but um Speaking of Marvel actors, Ariana DeBose, who is going to be appearing in the new Craven the Hunter movie, we find out that we're going to be seeing her on screen even before that, um, not only as the host of the Tony Awards, but she is apparently joining the fourth season of the HBO series Westworld, which I honestly did not know was still a thing, um, but she will be appearing in the show. And it was kind of teased in the trailer that was released on Tuesday. The season will be coming on my birthday, June 26th, this new season of Westworld. So uh, uh, happy for Ari, who is very, very in demand, even more so than Stephanie Shue. All right, Grace, let's get into your favorite segment of this week and every week, the Broadway grosses following a post holiday slash spring break dip. Last time, Broadway rebounded a bit last week as the grosses climbed seven percent or a little over two million dollars, up to thirty one million one hundred ninety nine thousand six hundred sixty bucks. Attendance rose by nearly eight thousand people for a three percent improvement. Now that we are completely clear of all of the openings and all of the comps associated with that that have been impacting the bottom lines, although Tony voters are still rolling through, two of the last shows to open this season saw pretty big box office improvements. In fact, they were the two biggest gainers week over week, and that was Macbeth, which picked up Really, just one ticket shy of three hundred and ninety five thousand dollars, and then funny girl added an additional two hundred and sixty six k week over week. unsurprisingly, the music man continued to lead the way with grosses at three million forty one thousand six hundred fifty seven dollars, which was an increase of one hundred and seventeen k over the previous frame. It was followed by Hamilton at two point one million, the Lion King at one point seven Plaza Suite finally getting its groove back at one point six seven million. And Moulin Rouge at 1.59. Picking up from there in descending order, the rest of the shows north of one million bucks are Funny Girl, Macbeth, MJ, Wicked, Curse Child, Six, Aladdin, and Tina. Which, as we've discussed before, Greece—it's uh, been a really interesting rise this spring for Tina. It essentially bottomed out at the beginning of March at like 600K, and it has improved. If you do the math, and my math could be wrong because I suck at math, but. Um, It's had a 40% increase over the past seven weeks to two months. Uh, So I'm not sure if it's something seasonal about this or the result of a great marketing campaign. But I'm very happy for everyone over at the Lunt Fontaine to be back in that seven figures club. Now, Grace, I know that you and Ashley discussed the ticket gifting initiative that Ayanna Prescott kicked off for for Colored Girls. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm glad to see that, but unfortunately, they really needed it um, over there because that show uh, was last week at the bottom of the grosses ladder. It's currently scheduled to close in less than two weeks. And last week, it was the lowest grossing show on Broadway, bringing in just $159,000, which was really sad. I talked about how much I enjoyed the show last week. So I hope that more people, whether through this ticketing initiative or some else'll we'll get a chance to head over to the booth the subscription supported the skin of our teeth was next at 174 thousand four hundred eighty one dollars followed by Paradise Square hangman and birthday candles now for some context and these things don't always line up because of where holidays fall but it's Close enough, um, but Broadway grossed three three thirty thirty one point two million dollars last week, and in the equivalent frame in twenty nineteen, it brought in thirty six point nine million dollars, and then thirty eight point six in twenty eighteen. So while things are certainly trending in the right direction, there does still appear to be some hesitancy hesitancy for folks to return to Broadway, either because of COVID or the current offering of shows on Broadway, um, or most likely some combination of both.
1: Well, this is, this is a historical, you know, two weeks of dips. This, this happens all the time, uh, this time this year. And it's usually because the spring breakers, the people that were, you know, available to go two weeks ago to New York, Have now gone, they've gone back to school and and people are graduating and all that stuff. So it, it, like, this is no shock to anybody that works in finance, um, especially when it comes to ticketing and theater. So if you, uh, our recommendation is to uh, rush a show that you've wanted to see, get it on today ticks. Like there's, there's just a myriad of options available to you that right now is a wonderful time. Right before, you know, Tony, real Tony season kicks off, you know, this is a good time to try to run and, and go see a show for a little bit less ticket price than you normally would pay.
0: Very true. And if that segment was something that um, you were excited about and you enjoy hearing all of those grosses, then you are going to be very excited about our sponsor this week, TEDxBroadway. We know that listeners here on Broadway Radio are a different breed of Broadway fans and especially Broadway podcast listeners, and we appreciate that. We love you and embrace you. But if you do love what we do here at Broadway Radio, giving you a little bit more of an inside look behind the scenes of Broadway, then TEDxBroadway is something that you need to be a part of. It will be coming to you live from New World Stages on Tuesday, May 17th, and you can either get tickets to be there in person or you can live stream it via Stellar. They will have a wide range of speakers and performances performers that are going to take the stage to ask what's the best that Broadway can be. That's a conversation, Grace, that you and I and Ashley and everybody here at Broadway Radio have had many, many times trying to see what can be changed both from the forward-facing outlook of what Broadway does, as well as the behind-the-scenes things as well. This is a milestone event for TEDxBroadway because it is the 10th year that they will be doing that. So they are pulling out all the stops for TEDxBroadway10. So make sure that you come and lend your voice and shape the future of Broadway. You can get more information by visiting www.tedxbroadway.com. You can follow them on Twitter at Broadway. Alright, Grace, there's a couple, um... Pieces that I found really interesting um, about the Tony Awards that have come out since the nominations were released. You and Ashley did a tremendous job of running through all of the categories uh, on yesterday's episode. Really great looks at the categories and what's going on with a lot of those nominations. So if you guys haven't listened to that yet, uh, make sure you turn into uh, Tuesday's episode to hear everything that Ashley and Grace discussed. But there are two other articles that I want to point people to. One, kind of looking at The chances of a show as critically acclaimed as A Strange Loop not winning a best musical, I will tell you that this article written by Philip Boroff in the Broadway Journal tells you, not likely. Uh, But then another one looking, as you mentioned, kind of like the historic nature of this season. Uh, This one is written by uh, Ruthie Fireberg for Broadway News and talking about all of the historic firsts. Uh, In this season, you mentioned with Ashley yesterday that L. Morgan Lee is the first openly trans performer uh, to be nominated for a Tony. Um, Toby Marlowe is also the first openly non-binary composer-lyricist to be nominated. Uh, Liliana Blaine-Cruz and Camille A. Brown are the second and third black women to be nomination uh, be nominated for Best Direction of a Play. Liesl Tommy, of course, was the first in 2016 for Eclipsed. She runs through a lot of the other historic firsts that happened this year, as well as all of the black performers who are nominated from multiple shows across all categories. Um, so those are really good contextual articles to kind of give you a look as to what some of these Tony nominations mean before we get into the real horse race nature of who will win and why. All right, let's wrap up the show, Grace, with a feel-good recommendation. And there was a ton of videos coming out over the past week from the Glad Media Awards um, that were co-hosted by Ariana DeBose and Judith Light as well. Um, lots of performances and all of that stuff, but I wanted to point out one in which Michael R. Jackson performed memory song from A Strange Loop. Um, a very cool video. Obviously, this one's super interesting to me, Grace, because... He's been so open about the fact that this is an autobiographical show in many ways, but he's not starring in it. So it's fun to see him sing this song that he wrote from very deeply seated personal uh, inspirations. uh, And even though he's kind of like turned it over to actors who are playing Usher moving forward. But um, a great video. And we will have a link to that in the show notes. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BroadwayBadding. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki.
0: All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Wednesday, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.